Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Sisters, directed by Jason Moore and released in 2015. The plot goes something like this. Two sisters decide to throw one last house party before their parents sell their family home. I did not understand the attachment to the family home well, in this. I mean, I live in my family home well, and I like I, it. Well, I think it's a story that, like, if it, if they were 15 years younger, would make probably more sense. But they are 45. Like, if you are 45 years old and you still feel the need to go back to your parents' giant home that you grew up in, like, it just seems a bit like – it just – it. I, I, well, that was kind of the point, though, that yeah, they were – they were, it is well, interesting I mean, that the, it is so the, much about, like – growing getting older and how nobody ever feels like an adult and mm. all that sort of thing yeah well it, it's it's kind of good but to, I, I don't know if it's just me but to me yeah that's the kind of thing you go I mean well I don't know there's a lot of people in their 40s whose parents die and have, they have to clean out their family home like I think that's a particular rite of passage yeah I think that happens, there's but a particular this this movie is based around one gag and the gag that this movie is based around is it's the end of high school party but when you're 45, mm. that's what the, the, the movie is. And I didn't know that. I expected it to be more, more like Baby Mama. So when the party started, I thought it was going to end and it just kept going and going and getting yeah. better and better. And like, I think by far the best part of the movie is that long party. Yeah, it's um, done so well. It is. It's it's very much like the high school party, but it's with all these concerns and, and feelings that adults have. And you see these adults like letting loose for the first time in years. And it's mm. really, really genuinely funny. And to see so many funny women and uh, and and men, but you know that don't get a lot of screen time a lot of the time. Yeah, um, like Rachel Dratch, who's mm. uh, in this movie, and Heather Matarazzo is in yes, this movie. Yes, I know. Like, it's just really interesting to see all these women who aren't like because they're not you know Hollywood beautiful, and they no. tend to play the sidekicks and stuff, and they come in and they get to really let loose in this movie, and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. Renee Elise Goldsberry is in this movie, which like as soon as I saw her, I was like, wait. Wait, she's Who? from Hamilton. She's Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton. She's the black girl in this movie. That's um, it's Renee Elise Goldsberry from. Oh, that black girl. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh no. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like... Um. Um. What's her name? Is yeah. No. Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I was like. <laughs> yeah. No. You're right. The the other girl. Yes. Okay. Maya Rudolph is like a a black Latina girl, isn't she? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, no, no, because I, because I was tapping you and I was like, isn't that Renee Lee Goldsberry? And then she started dancing. As soon as she started dancing, I was like, it is her. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I have no idea what you're going on from about. Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You thought I you don't could know escape Hamilton, but you can't. Actors. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know all of the actors from Hamilton. I only know a couple of the big ones. Okay. She's, well, she is a big one. She's Angelica. Well, she's Angelica. Yes. Um, that's not the point of this, uh, but it, 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 I think that to me was one of the best parts of this movie, just getting to see all these funny women. Mm. I think that's the thing Tina Fey and Amy Poehler have talked about before, um, in particularly in relation to Paula Pell, who wrote this, but also Rachel Dratch, both of whom they, they're really big admirers, who she's a really big admirer of, and they, both of them are women who, who get overlooked because of how they look. Mm. So they get a lot less of the good parts and a lot less of the time and a lot less attention simply because they don't look or haven't been able to um, diet their way into looking good. Mm. And it just seems yeah, – and I, I know that – they I think I don't know if it was T Tina or Amy, but I've definitely seen Amy talk about that before. And and so when they have their own projects, they do do things where they, they give women like that the opportunity. Yeah, and that was, but that's the thing is that like it, it's not just getting to see them be funny; it's getting to see them really let loose. 
Mm. Like, really go for it. Because this movie goes really hard. And it means that some of the scenes are just awkward, mm. but some of them are very funny. But, but that's it's the that, way of the, this group yeah. of comedians. That's that's how they go. And it's like, it's, I think it's the improv stuff. It's the, the never kind of backing down. Well, they are on all Saturday dare. Night Live people. Bobby yeah. Moynihan is currently on Saturday Night Live. You didn't R- know who he was. But no, I don't, yeah. didn't. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and but the Saturday, Saturday Night Live. She, she is Saturday Night Live. She is Saturday Night Live. And obviously, um, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey come out of Second City. Yeah. Like they're they're all like improvisers, so it's all about like. Was like Baron Holtz on Saturday Night Live? I can't remember. I don't know. I, this was the first time I've ever seen that guy. So ah, he was on the Mindy Project, and I don't know. I, he was so gorgeous in this movie. It was mm. I. I genuinely had a hard time like watching him. <laughs> I was oh. just like, oh my god, he's so cute in this. And I, I think what part of that is that you like just having the women creative people be like well what do we want to see in our leading men yeah and they don't go abs they go this guy who's a giant teddy bear and the funniest nicest guy that you could possibly have and he fixes the roof for you yeah that's what and everybody's just like oh my god and also sometimes he takes his shirt off yeah it's pretty that's still pretty cute yeah he's sweaty he's gardening he's renovating oh he's amazing and he's cute when he smiles what more do you want yeah he he does have those teeth but yeah well but that's the thing is like perfection isn't like something that i think is all that appealing to women to be honest Mm. Um, no and i think the imperfection of him makes it better yeah um yeah i i really liked him in this i thought he was great in this yeah no he was adorable and and yeah you know you're right it is like it's a very much a women written kind of role yeah well that's the thing is that when you because this i when i was finishing watching the movie i was just like this is my what like and that and and like Poe as well, I think, yeah. and a couple of other people recently where you're like, this is what men must feel like all the time. Oh, right. Well, yeah, where, when you see a character who's written to appeal to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like w- written nice. and cast to appeal to you. You're like, oh, this is what men feel like. Yeah, this men, is nice. With all the objectification of women and the women who like fulfill male fantasies. Mm. You get to the end of the movie and you're like, oh, that's what that is. I think mm. Jupiter Ascending people talked about it in that as well. Yeah, yeah, Channing Tatum. <laughs> right. People, I saw someone tweeting about it the other day, and it, and like a man who said to his his partner, like, um, why has he always got his shirt off? And the partner's like, because they hired Channing Tatum, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, but like, why yeah. wouldn't you? Um, yeah, or you get him to dance or something. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we saw the trailer for Hail Caesar before this, and I was, was kind of like, like, oh like whatever about it until this, Channing comes up and starts dancing, and well, yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm I'm lost after that. I must watch it. Um, um, yeah, yes. I feel like we should talk more about the story of Sisters, but I don't feel like the story of Sisters is very good. I, I don't think the story is the point. <laughs> I don't think the story is the point, but I'm. It's still kind of disappointing that it's not very good. Yeah. Um, I feel like the plot of it. I can see what they were trying to do and I don't feel like they achieved it. I don't feel like there was enough stakes. I think Tina Fey was much better than Amy Poehler mm-hmm. um, to start with. I think I think switching – for them, switching the roles may not have been the best plan ever. Um, I think – well, I, they're not really switching roles, but they're switching roles from Baby Mama. Mm. And I, I feel like Amy Poehler wasn't as – I don't know. She just didn't feel as strong in this movie as Tina Fey had more to do. It's interesting character when when Amy Poehler plays the uptight one, like that's she's just spent however many seasons doing that on Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like both of them. Maybe it's just the way that they decided to do it because there's like she plays the uptight one, but she isn't really uptight. Whenever and we don't get to see her being the uptight one very much because she's always kind of gives in. Yeah, it, it. I, I, maybe it's just the character wasn't 
wasn't fully developed somehow or something. It just doesn't. I didn't feel like there was Mora some... was as interesting or as real as Kate was. Mm. Catherine Ann, by the way, which freaked me out <laughs> when when Diane Weiss calls her Catherine Ann, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's my name!" <laughs> yeah, I know it was funny. I mean, I, I, that really just—I like, don't know—I didn't actually me. have the same problems exactly with Mora, but I did. I mean, I did spend a bit of time wondering how a nurse has a house that nice. But maybe, she, maybe her. The, she has a her, lot of money. Yeah, she has all heaps of money, and she works as a nurse. But I mean, I guess well, she, she got divorced. Yeah. Maybe she got. Maybe her husband had money, and she got money after that. But it, it was just. But also, of, they never really went into that. I like. I was surprised when I found out she was divorced. When when they say it early in the movie, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's where they're going with this character." I think I felt like I was never on steady footing with what her character was exactly because she's like the mum of everybody but she doesn't have kids mm. she's the responsible one but she's completely untethered to anything it's sort of like it, I found that interesting about her. it's interesting but I never felt like I, I every time they would say something about her I was like this doesn't really tee up with what we know about her mm. and then like she, and then they were so close as sisters and she was like you know, you were such a fun younger sister to have. And I'm like, based on what? Everything mm. that we've seen so far says she has to stick up her ass and yet she's really fun. Yeah. How does that make sense? No, that did that line didn't make sense at all. Like if she'd said you were a great younger sister or a kind younger but sister or a sweet younger sister. But they do have fun when they're together. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, they do, but she was still always party mum. Right, but we never get to see that side of her. We see her no. with her sister well, the think, whole time. You know would have helped? And like, when if they're we'd trying on her... the little outfits mm. and you're like, but this doesn't look like the type of thing that she would wear because we know – like, yeah. they, they don't seem to know what they're trying to do with this character. Yeah, well, I think they were trying to – rather than focusing on making the character more solid, they're going for gags. There. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing about this is mm. that that's uh, – you know, it isn't a – Zoolander type movie where where it's or Anchorman or something where it's basically just gags with like a thin plot to try and tie it together, right? That's not what kind mm. of movie this is because it's a it's a family based movie. It's a story about like emotional things that are real for people, and yet the gags they're going for are so far out there. Mm. And that I think is the fundamental flaw in Sisters is that a lot of the gags are really funny. It is very funny a lot of the time, but it it doesn't quite land the emotional side of things. Only Tina Fey really mm. managed that for me. Yes, and her arc is the best one. It, that that sort of um, that coming to responsibility type thing. That that was the better arc of the two. Yeah, and, and also all of the flirting stuff that was awkward was not funny awkward. It was just like painful awkward for me. Uh. Um, when, and you're like, why is, uh, why is Ike Barinholtz, who by the way, I couldn't remember his name. I was like, does he have a name? Does he have a name like five times? I he did. Think, I just couldn't he, remember yeah, it. He, he, they said it at the end. It's James. James, but no, he introduces himself. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't and remember because she's like, such they a call you Jimmy and he's like, they call me James. And sometimes yeah. they call me James. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, and then I couldn't remember. He also mm. doesn't look anything like a James, by the way. I think that's the Maybe that's problem. the problem. I kept calling him Morgan in my head because that's his character name from Mindy Project. Right. And I haven't even seen that much Mindy Project. It just, I couldn't remember James. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, he, I found him so much more interesting in all of their scenes together. Like I was just much more interested in watching him than watching Amy Poehler and oh. I, oh, Amy Poehler made me feel uncomfortable in all those scenes. I don't know. I yeah. didn't like her in this oh. and I like Amy Poehler. Yeah, I, I had, didn't have these same problems. Okay. You know who I did like and who I'm like, who's the best? 
John Cena. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> that guy, he has such a career as in comedy, like such a career. I know. He was very funny in this. Oh, the bit where he's where he knocks out Bobby Moynihan and then he's like, good night, sweet prince, and kisses him before like <laughs> But lifting this like massive man over his shoulder, you're like, oh my god, <gasps> that bit. Also, the bit that, that by far the best joke in the movie is the butt thing, which is like <laughs> where he lands on yes, the um, where the whole music cinema, box. like, because a lot of the time when we were laughing, other people weren't laughing. The whole cinema was not only laughing but like gasping and like the, that got everybody, which to me says it's the best gag. Yeah, I I don't know. I always I don't I don't like gags when people get hurt. I don't either, generally. Yeah. But then it kept it was the that yeah. it, no that was the best one. Uh, yeah, I um, mean that was it was pretty well done. And there were others that like um the whole you just don't think they're gonna go there, man. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Um, there's a whole bit where Tina Fey spends all night flirting with John Cena or trying to, and then she finally gets. A rise out of him, and she all she does with it is like get him to do the Patrick Swayze lift from yeah. Dirty Dancing, and then but then like everything changes, and she's got to move on. Right, but those two were adorable together. Yeah, they worked well together. I I do think I liked her a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. and also um I associated way way too much with Maya Rudolph in this movie mm-hmm. to a point where that that storyline was so uh interesting because you think it's going to go one way, and it ends up actually going another way mm. in that. Like, it doesn't end up being as mean to her. Mm. Like, it kind of sees her as a person with another point of view. And then, but then again, they go too far with the, like, facial contortions and the, and the jokes. It should feel more like an emotional moment when she, like, opens up, but then they go too far into making it funny. Mm. And that's this movie, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I see this is, you, I, you related more to her. I probably related more to Amy Poehler. Maybe that's why I'm feeling a bit more generous about her. But I, I definitely related to that. That was it was so painful, and she's outside, and oh god, and her was... friends stay inside, and you're just like, this is so sad. Yeah, it's so upsetting. Yeah, I know. It really, as somebody who that happened to, and then and but that's the thing is that it also makes Tina Fey into kind of the bad guy for a mm. few minutes. Yeah, which is really good for her character because it makes her so much more real. Yeah, like, well, it's the yeah yeah. I was thinking it's the Jerry Gergich moment. Um. Because all of Parks and Rec, like it's always bothered me on Parks and Rec how mean they all are to Jerry, but they always claim that they do it because um, that like you know every, everybody has that some that one person that they can't stand and they're irrationally awful to, and I've always hated that how mean they are to Jerry. But I, I sort of like felt on like, uh, How I Met Your Mother. With, yeah, with, with Robin hates that girl that she works with. Yeah, she's just like nobody asked you all the time. Yeah, and stuff, yeah, and the yeah. Girl's really nice. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the same the same gag on Parks and Rec, and it's always bothered me on Parks and Rec because it just it's completely out of character for Leslie Nope. But they do it anyway, and that's is what it is. But it felt like that a bit. I was like, oh, this is her Jerry Gergich. This is her like this is the irrational hatred. And it was interesting though. It was because you can imagine a girl like her who was popular and partied hard and doing that to another girl. Like mm. that's that that and the way she kind of kinda hung on to it into adulthood and then they I just yeah. remembered the Tina Fey wrote Mean Girls <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the way that the way she hung on to it. I think that was I suppose that's why it was interesting to do it with people who are in their mid forties as well, in that like a lot of them do have kids who are teenagers and they, they've lived quite a bit of life and that's why it was so 
um, it, it was so incongruous that they were still hanging on to the idea of their parents' ho- parental home yeah, exactly. in that way. And I guess that's why they did it in that sort of that getting to that age where Tina Fey, especially when you look at her at first, you think, oh, my God, she really has never left high school. She's still trying to do this and yeah, trying to yeah, party exactly. too much. And, um, and yet she has a daughter. Yeah. I had so many Gilmore Girls feelings, even though Lorelai is so much more to put together yeah, than yeah. Tina Fey was in this movie. It's still kind of a similar mm-hmm. similar kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah, similar kind of vibe. And, and not like it's a little bit stereotypical, but it's also it feels very real. Yeah. She um, might have had this baby quite young and then, you know, it's all messy since then. How great was Diane Weist in this movie? Uh, yes, as the mum. She was so, so great in this movie that mm. I really just, I love Diane Weist. I know. She I know. is so terrific just in general, but mm. especially she was like, she stole every scene that she was in. Mm. The, f- the, the first Skype call was one of the funniest moments in the film. Oh, when they fake freeze. When they fake freeze. <laughs> It's so oh. funny. And when they can't get the Skype thing working, yeah. you know, it's, it's and, um, so funny. And, and James Brolin's like still holding it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, amazed. <laughs> Dad, you don't have to do that. Oh, amazing. I love it. Um, James Brolin was okay, but Diane Weiss killed it, especially yeah. when she just started swearing. Mm. And you're just like, that's so yes. funny and well, so great. But, so, but also so real after yeah. the night before where she's like, we are tired. Yeah. And, yeah, like – Frankly, you two are 45. You can grow up and get out of this. Yeah. I think that maybe maybe the problem that I had with Amy Poehler was that it just doesn't like... Which it seems like she'll be more mature than that. Right. Like, that's what I mean. Everything about this character is incongruous. All of it yeah. doesn't fit with... None of it fits together. I took that you as can't... being, like, afraid of change, though, as opposed to, like, but she's, immature. But if she's afraid of change and she does all then, – and then they put in something else with her that you're like, but this doesn't fit with any of the other stuff that we know about her so far, you know? And they say you don't have to fix everything. And you're like, well, we've only seen her doing that half of the time. And then half of the time she's just – she doesn't do that at all with her sister. It's a very well, strange kind of like – No, she does, though. She's she t- taking the daughter without telling her and all that. That is her trying to fix – the thing that's it doesn't seem like she's trying to fix Kate's life though that was what well I mean the she does that when she tells her to apply for the job at the nail salon yeah I know she's, it just doesn't seem like she she uh, I don't know it doesn't none of it felt real to me like if she's like this if she's this kind of person then all the stuff that she does with Kate the f- the flirting with Morgan in the first um mm. James in the first place was that made me feel weird well she i was guess, like let's do this and she just goes okay well, and i'm like that's not something that she would do is well, it no no it is it's been being dragged along by you i get but she doesn't feel she like she's being dragged she dragged feels like she it. wants to do it well i think once she gets started i think this her she needs her sister to kind of kick that into gear in her i don't know it doesn't no no it didn't feel that way it just felt like every time that kate would say let's do this Mora would go okay let's do that that'll be fun like that that scene where they're trying on the dresses felt so wrong to me like she just she tries on all these things that this character wouldn't wear no well but the whole thing frustrates i see she's trying though she's trying to recapture those moments where kate but she never had those moments no but she did clearly she had some of those moments in high school that that's the whole ellis island based on her yeah that's and that's another thing like you look at her her diary and her diaries like she doesn't even talk about the crazy things she saw at the Ellis Island parties, let alone yeah. And obviously was she's learning. In. She was learning. She had they had dances that they did and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Like that, I, mm. 
I don't know. I, I found it really, uh, I felt like it was, it was better as a series of jokes and like as an end of year party movie. But usually the the big party movies don't focus so tightly on two characters. They have like a lot of different ones and it feels like they're trying to mash two genres of film together that don't fit together to me. Mm. Or lots of different genres of film yeah, together that just I, doesn't fit. None of it sat right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the thing is that I thought it's, it was really funny when I was so watching. So much fun. Yeah, I now now that like I, I see where you're coming from, I see what the problems that you have. I just was kind of... I was able to overlook them, I think, a bit and just kind of enjoy it. But yeah, okay. Well, mm. I think the reason that I wasn't is because it took me a long time to get into it. Like, I think the oh. first time I really laughed was the Skype call. I didn't think the homeless gag at the front beginning was funny. Um, the stuff in Tina's apartment wasn't that funny. I think the first time I thought it was really funny was when she was talking to the parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. On I, Skype. No, I was. And it kept going in ways that I didn't think it was going to go. But not in like a fun, oh, it's a roller coaster. Let's see what happens next way. More in a, oh, this is what they're doing now. Mm, I, I could see I, I quite liked the homeless gag. I thought that was funny because it just, that more than anything, quite effectively set her up as like, or, you know, always trying to help other people and, and being a bit uptight and a bit sort of clueless about it. I, I don't know. I thought that set her up quite well. Okay. But yeah, yeah I'm trying I, to. I never quite got what they were trying to do with her. I remember the bit in, yeah, in, um, in, in Kate's apartment is, that's before no that's after the Skype call oh is it yeah the Skype call kind of comes not long after that which is obviously I recognize the guy in that scene too but I can't remember where from but yeah I I, don't know I think it's lots of their comedian buddies Samantha Bee is in this movie which took me such a long time to recognize her because I was like because I don't know her as an actress per se no no as a a person yeah yeah. so that was weird um but yeah it 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 would be great to see Renee and Lise Goldsbury in more things I thought she was good um Um, who was she Angelica Skyler from Hamilton. Oh right, sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I, if the I'm movie sure she'll get just... heaps of work off the back. Of, but I mean, she's is doing a show eight nights a week at the moment. I maybe if the movie hadn't been hadn't been like a Tina Fo- uh, Tina Fowler. Yeah, that's who that is. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler kind of vehicle movie <laughs> that was so <laughs> that was so focused on them and had maybe like set up all of the different characters before they came to the party. Yeah, like as okay. a you know, I think maybe that might have worked better for me i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't doesn't like because the emotional stuff doesn't land the like the family stuff doesn't quite land and it it, because it is so hard to connect with these people who are adults who are acting like idiots about their parents selling their house Mm, that that storyline doesn't land because the from the beginning you're like but this is dumb Mm. It's, and it's not even like their parents aren't breaking up. There's nothing. There's nothing going on with that. And like, frankly, at forty-five, they are lucky their parents are still alive to sell the family home and like, together. And, and together, yeah. Like that's it's so rare. Then and also, like like I said, it's it's like a ten years younger story. If it's not even about ten years younger, it's more like a late twenties. Tw- yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. like yeah, finally putting away of childish things, kind of packing up the family home, kind of thing. Yeah, but even then, you would still be like, you're an adult. Get over it. Yeah, although I think I do think there is a genuine rite of passage there, and there's a, and it's also conflating it with what a lot of people in their age group are doing, which is packing up the family home and moving their parents into a retirement home or a nursing home, or it's so odd, or they're dying. So, so there is that genuine thing. I think they kind of obviously wanted to go a bit lighter with and not deal with the death bit and the nursing home bit, but I but there's other bits and pieces too. When I'm thinking about it that way, is like because they're t- thinking about all these other people who have responsibilities. Which is maybe why they were trying to pull back from 
from Maura having too many responsibilities. Mm. But then um, Kate has a daughter. Mm. It's, it's so odd. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's it's lots of puzzle pieces that don't quite mash together for me. Yeah. That like where puzzle pieces of the puzzle are quite good, but when then you put it all together, it's like that doesn't work. It's like they were trying to figure out a reason for them to have this party. Mm. And they went, oh, let's make it that the parents are selling the home. Mm. You know, it doesn't feel like it was an organic part of these characters' story. It just feels like we need a reason to have this gag. Let's do this reason. Well, I, and I think there's also the – I actually kind of like the idea of that kind of 45-year-olds having a, the catharsis of oh, a yeah, big party. Oh, yeah, I absolutely I really loved that want part. that to happen. Yes. And and I guess the sort of putting, you know, selling off of the family home, make it all makes sense to do that. I just – Yes, it just doesn't feel – real Mm. like it and yeah yeah i don't get me wrong i loved that part of it like i genuinely i think the party was hilarious i think i love the shift where bobby moynihan is not funny because he's telling those Mm. bad jokes and then suddenly he gets high and he's really funny Mm. because he's not in control of anything that he's and, and that was really clever yeah um i think all of the all of that stuff works great. The couples who like have problems and their real lives come into it. And then for one night they get to be teenagers again. It's mm. terrific. Like that's really, really good. And then watching Tina Fey have to try and like manage all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. And the way that they, they keep destroying the house and no, don't get me wrong. Like all of that stuff is great. Right. Yeah. All of that stuff is great. The problem is that the underpinning story doesn't fit with what they're trying to, with that for me. Okay. It just doesn't like it doesn't flow, and and the movie that I was kept thinking about was Can't Hardly Wait, right? Which I haven't watched since I actually was a teenager. So <laughs> I don't think I've seen it in a few years, but I really loved it when I was a teenager, so I remember it pretty well. I but that movie, um, it's about one guy's quest. I mean, and this is a terrible storyline, but it is essentially just about one guy's quest to get the girl. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like it's a lot of characters that are all funny and they kind of come together in different ways and and you know the nerdy kid gets really drunk and mm-hmm. can't feel his legs and that's yep. hilarious yep. and he and the bully end up hanging out together and all that. that's what the party movie is right, right? It, it's it's that kind of thing it's this like coming to realizations about yourself as a person in this big thing and yeah, it has a very simple losing your inhibitions yep Right, but it has the very simple storyline underpinning it, but it feels real for a mm. kid to be pining over this girl. Mm. This never, it just didn't, it was trying so hard to make you like feel like you could connect with these characters, but I didn't, and that was a mm. problem. And I think I do think that Tina Fey got, maybe got more to do, but she was really good. Yeah. And Amy Poehler wasn't matching up to that level. Yeah, okay. It never felt like she was as much of a person in the movie. Right. I, I mean, I don't entirely agree, but I see where you're coming from, and I see why I see why the character is problematic, and Amora's character in particular is contradictory. But I, yeah, and I I just didn't kind of feel it. I was having too much fun, and also because you feel like Kate would totally freak out about her parents selling her family home because she has no no well, and and she but she does yes, but but Mora, I don't. It's so strange. Maybe if they'd set up more with her divorce unsettling yeah, her and, if we'd actually met the husband and he was like found out something about the divorce maybe that would have provided the emotional kind of impetus to or, or seen i maybe even had actually seen before they left that the daughter had been staying with her and she'd been trying to kind of make up for her mother and all this kind of stuff the way she's she was trying to the, the stuff with the daughter if that had come in earlier yeah the niece sorry 
That was really know. odd too because you're like, I get, I get that from Kate's point of view. Yeah. Why she would be really upset that her daughter was staying with mm. Maura. I understand that. You, because you don't see it, maybe I found it under- hard to understand from Maura's point of view. Yeah. Of why, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had I, so much trouble that, with her. That sort of, I had so like, much the, trouble I with think her. There was a little bit of the family meddling stuff, but if they'd shown more of it, like the bit where she doesn't tell Kate the reason they're going down there is because the parents are selling the house and all that sort of, the way she tries to kind of smooth over the cracks by by just taking on all the work herself. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And I think we could have done with a bit more of that, like a bit more of that yeah, person. Establishing who she was as a person more and and because they throw the two of them together and then they act like silly teenagers for the whole time. Mm. Plus their relationship didn't feel like sisters to me, but that's not the point, especially since no. the movie's called Sisters. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. it is the point. They never felt real, like real sisters to me at any point. No, they're more like ever. BFFs who'd reunited after a long amount yeah, of years. Right? Or, like, yeah, right. It, it didn't feel. And the only moment that felt like they were real sisters – was at the end when they had the note and they were cranky with each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and where um where Kate found out that she the daughter had been staying with Mora as well. Yeah. That was that was a very real moment. None of the rest of that felt like sisters. To yeah, me. when they were about to like punch each other to dust. That felt sister like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that earlier on as well where they had like like a genuine conflict. Genuine con- Yeah, a genuine conflict in general in the movie would have been nice. <laughs> Really, because it doesn't happen till right at the end. And that's much more emotionally affecting than parents are selling the house. Hmm. I don't feel like it's got a good story to yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't find my footing. The, the reason that I liked the party so much was because it was like the, the, the footing that you were finding was it's all gags. Hmm. Um, and the, basically the story is this girl who really likes this guy and, and wants to hook up with him makes much more it feels much more real and then tina fey just trying to be responsible when she's not used to being the responsible one feels much more real and gives her better character moments when she's tying up rachel dratch's hair with the <laughs> thing. yeah it's so funny um yeah all of that sort of stuff just kind of works a lot better mm. than the framing story for me okay um and that's why i liked i mean i did i genuinely really liked the party stuff i mean i was like cracking up a lot of the time yeah. Um, and I believe I applauded at one moment. I can't remember what it yeah. was for. There were some really funny, yeah, really good it's stuff. Hilarious. So, you know, times. it, I'm not saying this movie is terrible. No. And I did find it funny. I just, it, it doesn't feel like, uh, it's a full movie. It doesn't feel like it's a real, it's a, it's a you're, uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's just a vehicle, basically, for them to get yeah. together and do some fun stuff yeah, with a whole bunch of their friends. Yeah, and, and they didn't spend enough tr- time establishing the storyline that they were going for. They did too much time with gags. Like, you know, the, the, the Korean nail salon bit yeah. went on for so long. God, that went on for so long. And it yep. wasn't funny. No. and it, It's slightly it's, racist. Yeah. Well, I think, yes. It, and I they tried to flip the script on it with, with – um, Hewan not being able to pronounce the American names, but it's not funny. It's still racist. No, it's not. Not even like literally. She's filmed as kneeling down, and like it, the way it's framed, and we know she's not in. The, in she's in the more subservient position, and it it, it just doesn't work that way. No, no. The, the, the other gag is much funnier, actually. The Tina Fey one in that in that same scene when she says. Um, that she'll send him a photo of his of her boobs. If yes, he, and then he's like, and he's like, what? And she's like, oh no, misread you. I will send you a photo of my boobs if you don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, much better. Yeah. So yeah, 
Otherwise, that that just came off as racist. Yeah, yeah. And also, it just went on and on and on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind where it's goes, really funny for like a bit. Yeah, and, and it, then goes, it goes on, on no, and on. No, no. And you're I, like, I know no, this no, group of people no. think that's funny. I really know they do that, but it's just. It's well, but sometimes it is. I, I thought it was genuinely funny when Rebel Wilson did it in Pitch Perfect, too. Oh, with the song. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah. That was funny to me. Um, there's a p- gag on Parks and Rec that I've seen recently where they're on ice. Oh, God. <laughs> see, that's fu- <laughs> yeah. That was oh funny, but but then sometimes it's not funny when they keep it going for oh. ages and ages and ages. This is directed by the guy who directed the first Pitch Perfect too. Oh, uh, Jason um, Moore. Okay, yeah. Who's I like again? What a white boy name! I cannot remember that name for the life of me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I couldn't remember James. Yeah, I called him Morgan the yeah. whole time. I called him Morgan, mm. and I didn't even watch that much Mindy Project. But I and I couldn't remember his real name was like Baron Holtz either, mm. even though that's a fairly memorable name. Yeah, <laughs> he was so cute in this movie. My God. I, I found it so much more enjoyable when he was on screen than almost oh. any other time. And it was just because I really I, I liked thought, him. Yeah, I thought he was sweet, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, he's, you know, he was there to fill the love interest role and he was sweet and cute and a great love interest. Like, that's, you know, it, he was exactly what you want in a love interest. But yeah, I just. Exactly. I wasn't, he wasn't like the most important part of it to me. I don't know. I I was mostly I, waiting for John Cena to come back. John Cena was really, oh, man. really good he's in so this. So good. His ability to keep a straight face, man. I know that's that's his gift. Is that he's, such a gift? But I think also the the way that he constantly uses his own masculinity against himself. The same mm, way, same mm. thing that Terry Crews does. I think, yeah, especially in this role where he's like a massive drug dealer, and then she's like, "Do you play any sports?" And he's like, mm, "Tennis and stuff like that." That's that's why yeah, it's yeah. funny is that he he knows exactly what he's doing with stuff like that, and he flips the script on his own. We were mm. just talking about this with Chad Michael Murray, I guess, but like. In not a non-comedy sense, but it's the way that they use what they look like mm. in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, the other person who does it is, yeah, Terry Crews. Yeah. Um, where he plays like men who embrace their feminine side and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Terry but John Cruise, Cena, I think, also tends to do it with like bromances a lot more. Yeah. Well, that's right. In, in looking at um Trainwreck as well. Yeah. He's not in that. Yes, he is. John Cena is in. Oh yeah, he is Wreck. too. <laughs> God, the I forgot the most awkward sex scene. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I remember because he was the gay one. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yep. remember. So that, that's why it made me think of Trayton Rapp. I was thinking of um the sports guy in it. But that yeah, that was funny too. Mm-hmm. I think he had better chemistry with um Amy Schumer. Mm. I think Tina Fey was just kind of playing off him. Yeah. Rather than like. Yes, and that's have... why they dropped that storyline, which is fine. It was yeah. cute though. Definitely. Well, it's not a, I don't know if you can call it a storyline. Running gag. Yeah. Then again, that's most of this movie is running gags. Pretty much, yeah. I don't. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. Yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like we talked about the actual movie. Well, we did, but then like, yeah, we just sort of kind of have different feelings about it. Um, we did talk about it. Plenty talked about it. Um, what are you giving it though? By the way, two and a half stars. Oh, okay. Um, three and a half from me. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Well, that was Sisters. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Um, If you would like to uh, get in touch with us on social media, you can. We're at Facebook if you look for Silver Screen Queens. Um, We are screen at screen underscore queens on Twitter. We are on Tumblr, tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Did I get around the right way that time? Yeah, yeah. Yay! It's it's not podameron.tumblr.com, but it pretty much could be at the moment. Yeah, really. And if you want to see my review of Sisters, which I will eventually write, or of any of the other movies that I watch, you can do that at uh, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. And if you want to find the show notes oh, yeah, I forgot about and that. old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Bye.